You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Uh, I am your host, Michael C., and today I am joined by the lovely Kristen. Now, a little background on Kristen. I actually uh, encountered her on Twitter, as I seem to meet a lot of my guests these days. <laughs> and uh, she is one half of a cuckold couple. Now, um, actually, I'm going to be interviewing uh, both her and her partner. But I'm going to be doing them one, you know, uh, one at a time. So they will each have their own separate episode. So I'm going to start with her. And then the next episode you hear will be me talking to him. So why don't you go ahead and say hi to everybody, Kristen. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so there she is. You know, I'm not just messing around. Okay. So um, if you don't mind me asking, I know it, we're, we're not supposed to ask women this question, but I feel like my listeners to kind of get an idea. And you don't have to say exact. You can say 20-something, 30-something, 40-something. Uh, where would you put your age? Mid-30s. Okay, mid-30s. And as I said, you guys are are relatively new to this. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is I'm I'm trying to to highlight the fact that uh, people enter this dynamic in different ways. You know, in other words, um, a lot of couples that I've talked to, a lot of couples that I know, you know, they were married for years before uh, cuckolding entered, entered their lives. And that's fantastic, but it's not the only way, especially nowadays where, you know, the internet is such a big thing. You have people excuse me, who learn about this lifestyle prior to finding their partners. And so when they get with their partners, they already know that this is the direction that they want to go in. So it's important for me to show the other side, to show that, you know, there are other avenues that people take in, you know, in getting into this lifestyle, whether it's hot wifing or cuckolding. So just to kind of give a little bit of background, um, how long have you and your boyfriend been together? Just short of a year. We've been together almost a year now. Okay. And mm-hmm. prior to meeting him, had you ever heard the term cuckolding before? Like, did you have any understanding of it at all, knowledge of it? None whatsoever. I'd never heard of cuckolding, hot wiping, cut, none of it. It was completely foreign to me. Okay, but were you, but you were, I'm sure you were aware, as most people are, I'm sure you were aware of the term swinger. Like, you knew what a swinger was. Yeah, I'd heard of that, but I'd never known anyone, like, personally that had admitted to me, like, being in the lifestyle or being swingers. Okay, so kind of give me an idea, give my listeners an idea of how it was brought up to you. Well, we met and we dated maybe a few weeks or a month or two, and we were pretty open with each other from the start. And I think we had just become like sexually active with each other, and he was just really open with me that he'd had some experience 
experience with sharing like prior partners mm-hmm. and, you know, mentioned hot wife porn and, you know, that I could like Google it or look at it. But, you know, he it was like little little bits at a time he would sort of like tell me so I wouldn't get completely overwhelmed and I'd ask questions and I'd try to like Google and he pretty early on told me about your podcast and I like listened to them all like obsessively (laughs) just to sort of get some sense of what he was talking about because it was just completely foreign to me that um uh, you know, a man would share his wife and not expect that to go in return. Honestly, when the concept of swinging was, I mean, I understood what it was, but mm-hmm. it was pretty out there for me. Okay. So you're, so you're learning about it. You're kind of educating yourself. He's kind of feeding you a little bit. So when you start learning about it, you know, whether reading about it, Googling it, or even listening to my podcast, was there was there like an adjustment period for you or were you, did you feel yourself gravitating towards it almost like right away? Like, wow. Like, did it start appealing to you? Like, Oh, I can see this. Like I, this is very interesting to me. Like, how did you take to it when you first started learning about it? I would say I was apprehensive, but interested. Like I thought, well, if this is really what he says it is, that's pretty interesting um but can that like really exist can it really exist where a man shares his partner and doesn't expect it to be like equal mm-hmm. um and i and i was skeptical as to whether that could really happen like whether you know men could really feel that way and not expect to be with women in return okay so- um, and i just continued to you know listen and we just talked about it a lot Okay, so what it sounds like is when you first started learning about it, your biggest apprehension was, you know, like, okay, is this a ploy for him to be able to play with other women? And and trying to understand, like, wait a minute, so you're telling me this is really just a one-way street? <laughs> you know, like... You don't, you have no desire to play with any other women. This is just about me playing with guys. Was that kind of the, you're saying that was like the hardest part for you to kind of accept? Well, that was the biggest part. And then also I, he confided in me that he had allowed former girlfriends to, you know, be with other men, but those relationships didn't last, you know, they weren't longstanding. Mm -hmm. And so there was a part of me that thought, well, even if in his head, he thinks he wants this, you know, was this the reason those relationships ultimately didn't work? And like either he didn't recognize it or, you know, maybe there was more to it, but I thought, well, geez, this hasn't worked for him in the past. So, you know, would it be, you know, can it actually work even if he wants it to? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Um, Was when he told you, uh, was there ever a time, even if for a, a fleeting moment, was there ever a time where you kind of, and I guess this is different because you guys are so new. Did you ever wonder like, well, how serious can he be or how serious can he be about me if, if this is what he, if this is what he wants to see? Because one of the things that I've learned 
and I've experienced it in my life even firsthand is people sometimes have a tendency to equate jealousy with love. And what I mean by that is uh, not just that it's guys that get jealous, but one of the explanations you hear is, oh, I, I get jealous because I care. You know, I'm jealous because I love you, you know, and, and what winds up happening is people start to kind of subconsciously think that, okay, well, if love equals jealousy, then if you're not being jealous, then I, I guess that you don't love the person as much. Like, did that thought ever cross your mind? If even for a moment, like, well, how much can this guy really care about me or how much could he care about me? Like, how close could we grow if he's not bothered by that? Like, did that thought ever cross your mind? I mean, maybe, but honestly, almost the opposite. It was like, gosh, we're so early in, you know, building a relationship. And we were committed to each other at that point. And we weren't with other people. I wasn't, he wasn't. But I thought, gosh, if he already trusts me enough to confide in this Mm -hmm. with me and be so open about what he wants and needs, in a way that, like, you know, he's obviously not just going to go around telling everyone. I, I think it brought us closer because I respected that that probably wasn't something easy for him to just be open with me about. Right. Okay. So let me back up a little bit then. What were you, what were you like, prior to meeting your boyfriend, how would you describe, you know, your sex life, like what kind of, of woman were you sexually prior to meeting him? Um, I would say overall, I was very conservative. You know, I'd dated for a while and I had a handful of relationships and I had been married and divorced, um, which was very vanilla. And then after my divorce, which was a few years before we met, you know, I had eventually started dating and had decided I'm going to like be open-minded about what experiences I have. And I let myself date and I certainly wasn't promiscuous, but I enjoy dating. Not that there's anything and, wrong with and, that. <laughs> and, having, and having new experiences because my, my marriage was pretty sexless and um, you know, it's just with nothing to speak of. And so when I got divorced, I sort of made a decision for myself that I was not going to let that continue going forward in my life. Like I wanted a healthy sexual relationship with whoever I was with and I didn't want to feel bad about it. Okay. So let me ask you just, you know, cause I know my listeners are probably curious. Um, how long were you married and then how long were you single before you met your boyfriend? I was married just short of, well, we were together nine years and I was probably married for six. And then I had been um, divorced for about two years when we met. Okay. So, I mean, you said that it was, you know, as as far as marriages go, was pretty much on the, on the sexless side. Did it, did it settle into that pattern rather early or like what, as far as your marriage goes, what would you say was the high point of your marriage from a sexual standpoint? Um, you cut out for a minute, but it, no, my, my marriage had no, no high point. I mean, we had sex when 
we'd been drinking and we'd have date night or something once a month or every few months or something. I never had orgasms. It was not like a goal connecting, like communicating about it. We never even talked about that. Like it was just not my experience to talk about sex and relationships, which is really sad in hindsight. Um, So I would say, you know, after that, I mean, I had, I had some fun experiences with, you know, guys I had been dating during the time I was divorced, but, you know, it wasn't a long amount of time and, you know, it wasn't that many. I mean, I had only been divorced for a couple of years before we met. Okay. You, 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 you just said something that I kind of want to touch on. Okay. You said you never had an orgasm. Now, is that like an exaggeration, meaning you rarely had them, or do you really mean that the entire time you were married, you did not have a single orgasm? No, I really did not have a single orgasm did until you, after my divorce. Did you ever have one before you got married? No. So you pretty much went basically your entire life up until you were divorced before you actually achieved an orgasm. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, I was in my thirties. The first time you had one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, we've, we've, we've talked and uh, you know, I've gotten to know you and your, your boyfriend a, a little bit over these past few months. And let's just say you're definitely making up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're definitely making up for lost time. That's for sure. I am. <laughs> and so, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, so it's almost been like night and day for you then to go from um, a relationship where you know, it was never talked about. And, and like you said, you weren't having orgasms and, and things like that to all of a sudden being with this man who, like you said, initially felt a certain kind of way about you where he was able to confide in you in a way that your ex probably never did. And so you have that emotional depth and, you know, coming into a relationship where not only was sex important, but your particular enjoyment of it was extremely important. What did that, what did that feel like? Cause you went from almost like one extreme to the other. And then, like you said, you kind of had your exploring in the middle. So, you know, there are a lot of women who are probably listening to this, who can relate to this story that you're telling. So what was that transition like to go from, like you said, where it was non-existent and then you had your kind of playing and exploring period. And then you get to this point where, you know, now all of the focus is on your pleasure. You know, everything is about your pleasure and what you're getting out of it and you enjoying yourself. So what does that, what does that feel like to go to make that change? I mean, honestly, I'm still adjusting. It's pretty amazing. And I think more than anything, it's not just like the sex itself, but like that I don't have to feel guilty about wanting to have sex and wanting to enjoy it and what experiences I want out of it and who I want it with and, 
you know, what they are like, um, you know, all of it is just much more open and like non-judgmental. It's like whatever pleases me. And so I still am sort of like adjusting into my head that that is legit. Like there's no motive. Like he genuinely, that's what he wants. Um, it's definitely a foreign concept as compared to my marriage and before. Um, but I sort of just decided if we're going to do it, we're going to do it and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm not going to question it. And I'm just going to like take it in stride and it's been working out, it's been working out well. So, so how are you finding the adjustment period? Like at, at, at this point, at, at this stage in, you know, in your you know journey into cuckolding, what do you enjoy the most about it? Like what's been the most fun for you? I mean, the sex itself is pretty good. Um, but, you know, it's so hard to describe. But, you know, talking with different potential bulls and being with different bulls and sharing that with him, it's almost like my closest girlfriend. Like, we almost talk about it like I confide in him about what I liked and what was fun and how it made me feel. Like, I would like my closest, closest girl. Actually, I mean, I've. I don't tell any my girlfriend, so he's like my go-to. And to know that he enjoys hearing about it, he enjoys the fact that I enjoy it. Like it's, we share it together, and he enjoys it as much as I do, which is just makes it even more amazing. <laughs> now, you 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 brought up uh, girlfriends. Do you have any girlfriends who know that? that this is what you and your boyfriend are into? No, no, No. not even, not in my normal life. No. I mean, I've fortunately been able to connect with a couple women in the lifestyle, at least, you know, virtually, but in my normal life, not even close to it. Not even close. Mm -hmm. Um, No. (laughs) So let me ask you this, you know, being that you brought it up, I mean, I'm always kind of curious to hear this. Uh, you said that he kind of, uh, you know, turned you on to to my podcast. So how how has that, like, what role has that played? Like, how has that helped you, if at all, in getting accustomed to this and getting used to it and saying to yourself, like, oh, like seeing it as a viable option for you? I mean, it was like, it was a huge turning factor in hearing so many different stories about how people transition. And while, like you said, a lot of them here are couples that have been together for extended periods of time that like eventually venture out. Mm-hmm. Like at the part of it, they're all sort of still have their stories about what it looks like for them, you know, and some still, fuck their husbands or boyfriends and some don't and you know to what level there's control and what level he decides who they're with like hearing that it doesn't there's not like a one size fits all like each couple has to kind of figure out what works for them Uh was like huge for me and figuring out like hey he and I just need to do what makes us happy Um, and certainly we got some really fun ideas. <laughs> and I got fun ideas from some of the other women and still do. Um, it was huge in realizing that like 
this is out there. It's like, it's not that weird and it's not something to feel guilty about. It's something that you can just like embrace and enjoy. And, you know, I'm not like out telling all our friends and neighbors, but you know, like I don't feel ashamed about it, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, makes, just makes it more fun. <laughs> no, and that's, that's, that, that's fantastic to hear. So, so you listen to it, you know, you, you, you get more comfortable, you're starting to embrace it, you know, now when did it, or if it's even happened yet, have you gotten to the point where you can kind of look at yourself and say, you know what, I, I can see this being like a part of my life for a long time. Like I, I like this, like, not only is it like fun, but like the relationship aspect of it, like the closeness that you guys share. And like you said, you talk to him, like you talk to, you know, like a girlfriend, like, has it struck you yet to where it's like, I want to continue this as like for as long as I possibly can. Have you gotten to that point yet? Um, yeah, I'm there. I mean, I truly, truly hope and believe that like it will work out with us and we'll be together. And this is like a long-term thing with he and I, mm-hmm. but you know, God forbid that not be the case. Like I would find it very hard to go back to like a vanilla lifestyle because (laughs) it's just so much fun. And I really do think if you can communicate with a partner and your ideas about what that looks like align, that like it brings you so much closer. And I, maybe I'm optimistic, but I really think I could, you know, I could find that. And it's kind of like the best of all the worlds for everybody. If you find someone who shares that same vision, Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot more guys out there that sort of have these thoughts and hopes and dreams that they just don't verbalize. And so, you know, I, I would find it hard to be in a normal vanilla relationship again. Now, one of the things, like I said, I've, I've, I've talked to you guys, uh, you know, talk to you both uh, for a while now. So I know uh, some of the details about your relationship that you've both shared with me. And one of the things that, I mean, you're not rare because I know couples that do it, but you, you still don't see it a whole lot. And I kind of like to share that with people. Your dynamic is a little bit different in the sense that, like you already mentioned, not only do you still fuck your cuck but he's also pretty hung <laughs> like he's not a he's not he's not a small guy um but i i know that you've both told me that it it does have a slight downside and that it makes you know finding a bull you know like it puts a little wrinkle in it want you kind of share that with my listeners as far as the wrinkle that it puts in trying to find a bull well, yeah, I mean, initially when I, we finally got to the point where we're like, okay, so who who would make sense to sort of cross that bridge with? You know, I started thinking, well, what about these like guys I, I dated before him who I thought might be like open-minded because I would never do that without being open with the person. And it was just, honestly, my boyfriend is, has, he's well endowed, he's big, and it would just not feel worthwhile if I weren't with someone that were at least as big as him. And so a lot of the search was like, well, we find someone who is 
at least as big of him and that still gets it. And mm. so I think that was like our biggest hurdle and finally crossing that bridge. Like I went on a couple of random dates, like from fake Tinder profiles or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, it just, what's the point if it's going to be with a guy with a smaller dick than him, you know, it just didn't feel <laughs> worthwhile. Right. <laughs> and I, and, and I still enjoy sex with him, you know, because I don't have some of those obstacles where you just don't really feel it and all of those things um, that, you know, you hear from some of these other stories, but you know, I've come to find it's not terribly hard to find men that are, you know, are blessed in that area and have big dicks. I mean, you just got to be patient and mm-hmm. they're out there. Now, um, another thing that I'm curious to hear, and I, I would like to share with my listeners, um, what was it like for you to get into this kind of situation where you're expected to be the one in control from a sexual standpoint? Like, was that a difficult transition for you? Was it easier than you expected it to be? Like, how did you take to that or how are you taking to that? I would say like, I'm still transitioning, but I have found like, I have one like regular ish guy that a bull that I fuck and I do not take control. He does like, I can let go with him and I don't have that. And then with my boyfriend, you know, I take much more control with him. And so honestly, the fact that I can let go with this guy who I don't have to like live life with almost makes it better that it's like, I can completely let him do whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a part of me that's very submissive and enjoys that. And so it's like my escape. It's just like all fun and I don't have to think and I can just enjoy that. And then with my boyfriend, I found it so much fun to take control with him and, you know, limit when he can come or when he can get hard or whatever. So it's this weird dynamic that I actually really enjoy being in control of my boyfriend mm-hmm. and then having that take control. Now, have you ever been, uh, even when you were just kind of dating and, and, and having fun after your divorce, had you ever been in a situation where you were kind of in control, not even in a cuckold sense, but just where you were able to take charge with a guy? Had you ever experienced that before? Or was what you experienced with your boyfriend your first time being in control in the bedroom? Yeah, no, that was, that was I'm sure, my, probably my first experience. I mean, you know, I, would, I wouldn't always say like completely submissive. It was just sort of like, normal sex, like whatever, but I certainly wasn't in control of them. Um, but you know, I had a pretty vanilla history of guys. It's like, okay, well you have to get off and like, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so this is so much more enjoyable because there's so much more to it and leading up to it and the teasing that, you know, I never really experienced before on, on either side, you know, being submissive or more dominant. And so, but no, I'd never, I've never really been dominant to a guy before him. And I'm still like, I'll test it a little bit and I'll try something out. 
and see how I react because mm-hmm. I still, you know, we're baby stepping it right, for sure. Right. But, um, but we're kind of figuring out, I, I think that we'll, I think we'll make considerable progress because we, the things that we talk about, you know, are not baby step kind of things that I think we're both pretty open and interested in. Well, I know uh, one of the things that, you know, that puts a smile on my face is like I said, since we've been talking, I know that I've introduced you to um, introduce you guys, you know, to some of the other couples, uh, you know, that I know. And it's been cool to kind of see that interaction to see you guys being around, at least like you said, virtually with everything that's going on, being able to actually talk to and listen to and learn from other couples that, you know, that are doing it and who have been living this life you know, living this lifestyle for, for quite some time. So it's, and I, I can see it. Like you guys are just like soaking things up like a sponge, you know, like all of the experience and, 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 and what they're going through and how they interact with each other. Like it's been really cool, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, watch you guys get into it and get more comfortable with it as you kind of embark on you know, your own journey. And that's one thing that I, I like about this like you said, you know, you were introduced to the podcast and and you listened to it and it helped you out. And now here you are sharing your story. And at some point your story is going to help someone out, you know, like someone is going to hear your story and it's going to, you know, it's going to resonate with them and strike a chord with them. And it's going to help them the same way those stories helped you. So I'm, I've, I've, I enjoy seeing that part of the process. Like I enjoy that paying it forward, uh, you know, aspect to it all. One of the other things yeah. that, that I wanted to ask you about, um, had you, have you ever dealt with a jealous guy before, like ever in your life? Have you ever been, had a boyfriend or a guy that you were dating or talking to that was a jealous type of guy? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, my ex-husband was honestly not that nice of a guy. I couldn't wear, I couldn't wear a fitted T-shirt without really nasty remarks. I certainly couldn't, you know, I wouldn't wear heels or, yeah, I mean, it was that was just not accepted by him as like appropriate behavior when you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, again, an, an, another kind of stark contrast. Because now you're, you know, you're with a man who not only doesn't get jealous, but loves to see you, you know, in short skirts and heels and showing off and getting attention. Like, I've, I've always, I'm always curious when I, when I talk to women who kind of go from one extreme to another, as far as that's concerned, because it's so drastic. Like, what does that feel like to all of a sudden, like you said, the smallest things would cause arguments and, and nasty comments and you know, and, you know, trying to shame you almost where now, you know, you're wearing even more revealing stuff and you're being like praised for it and cherished for it and embraced for it and loved for it. Like, what is that? Like, how would you explain that to other women? Like how that, or even other people, like how does, how does that feel to, to, to be embraced for something that you used to be kind of put down for? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's amazing, obviously, that he 
is proud of it and that he pushes me to be comfortable in my own skin and, you know, show it off. You know, I'm still, we live in the Midwest and it's fairly conservative where we live. So, you know, it's like finding the right balance of all of these things that really turn him on and that I think are fun and like what fits real life where we live and then when do you step it up you know we went to Vegas and we certainly stepped it up a notch when we went on a trip to Vegas and um so still figuring that out because I'm still surrounded by a lot of people that are very conservative Mm -hmm. um but you know to you know people who will see our Twitter will see like I got my nipples pierced and so (laughs) so sometimes I you know I might wear a shirt without a bra and still be fairly discreet, but certainly no one else I'm around is walking around with nipples pierced without a bra. And, you know, but it's not always four inch heels and a, you know, dress that barely covers me. So we kind of find our own ways to um, still be us and fit in, but have fun with it and turn him on and, turn, you know, me be able to enjoy dressing however I want. Okay, so um, this is an- another question that I, I love hearing how it, it affects women. What has being in this lifestyle done for your confidence? I mean, it's really it's really changed um, how I see myself. Like, obviously, you know, when you want to wear certain things, you want to look great. But I am much more accepting of myself entirely you know flaws the good things I can see the good things and um just to know that I have a partner who is supportive of me being me mm-hmm. has really helped sort of embrace that on my own and so like now I don't I mean I love that he he loves all those things about me but I don't need that anymore because he helped me see it for myself I and mean, then now I feel it for myself right and uh, to try to get an idea, like, do you have like a moment that stands out to you where you can kind of remember, like, where you, where you really started to feel different? Like, I don't know, maybe it was putting on an outfit and looking at yourself in the mirror and kind of recognizing that person, like, oh, wow, like, look at you now. Like, have you had one of those kind of like clarifying moments yet? And don't worry if you I haven't mean, had it yet. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious. That's all. I mean, no, there's been a couple. We went, like, we went on a vacation, and I wore like a crop top and a skirt, which I would never wear where we live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh wow, like I wore that, and it looks okay, and it was fine, and nobody, like, you know, that was one. And then, you know, I mean, um. I think, I mean, whether we post them on Twitter or not, like he likes to take pictures of me. And so sometimes he'll send them to me. I'll be like, oh, like that's how he sees me. And that really made me accept myself. I'm like, God, that's me. Like I see myself as, I used to see myself as this like kind of like homely mom. And that was, you know, professional. And that was my life. And I'm now I've like accepted that there's much more to me. So you're you're starting to embrace your your sexy side and feel good about her and you know not yeah. keep, not keep her under wraps or anything like that. Now that's that's 
Like I said, yeah. that's one of the things I enjoy hearing women talk about is, is, is how being in this lifestyle has impacted their, their self-confidence, the confidence that they have in themselves and, and everything. So another thing that I'm curious about as you and your boyfriend, you know, take this journey. And one of the things that's really cool to look at from my perspective is as, you know, as the woman gets more and more comfortable with it, you can almost see her, you know, gaining confidence, not confidence necessarily in her appearance or anything like that, but just confidence in her role in her man's life and getting to the point where she starts to like delight and teasing him and tormenting him and, and finding subtle ways to do it, even when out in public. And I'm just curious if, if you're, if you started discovering those things yet, like things that you can do, uh, a, a way that you walk, a way that you stand, a way that you do something that you know is, is going to affect him in a certain way and almost being playful about it. Like, has that happened to you yet? Have you discovered those little things yet? Yeah. Yeah. They come more and more almost each day. Like the more we talk about it. And like I said, it's like baby steps. And so it's like, what can I get away with? And like reassuring myself, I'm not offending him. Mm -hmm. Um, But so far (laughs) he's taken everything in stride pretty well. So I really actually, we even talked about it because one of our other hurdles, I think in not being like in a married relationship is that we both have kids we're not always with each other. Mm-hmm. We don't live together. And so I, I like to have sex a lot. <laughs> and so, you know, I've, um, I've continued to fuck him as much as I do because I want to have sex a lot. And right. so, you know, we're, we, we have a guy that, you know, I see pretty regularly now and we'll probably pull another one into the mix. Um, because, you know, I caged him before I even started playing with other people. But I would break from it because I wanted to get fucked. And so we're kind of like finding that. But getting back to what you're saying, it's like I am transitioning to where I will literally get enough pleasure in a night just teasing him and messing with him where I don't even need to get fucked anymore. And like before, I was like just dying by then because it was almost four place for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to start of turning to where like I can tease him and mess with him enough that it like, I don't even need to be fucked because I know I'm, I'm going to see a bowl or, you know, I can wait or whatever, but it's almost really as much fun teasing him as it is us, you know, fucking each other. Right. So let me kind of go over something that you just kind of brought up um, because I'm, a lot of people listening to this will be interested to hear it. Uh, you mentioned that you guys have dabbled in, in chastity. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm always, you know, I, I like hearing from women about is the whole act of it. You know, like there are women around this world who would love nothing more than to put their man's dick in a cage. <laughs> and you actually get to do it. So like what it like you like you want to talk about power, you know, understanding what that organ 
means in the history of this planet. And yet here you are, you have it under lock and key. What, what does that kind of power feel like? Oh, I love it. I love it. I loved it from the beginning. Um, the problem, the biggest problem for us has been that he has such a big dick that it's been hard to find a cage that he can wear for extended periods of time, like literally more than three or four days. Mm-hmm. So we're actually in the process of trying one. We've done a lot of research and measuring on, um, because I don't like it when he whines. Like I'm still kind of sensitive to his complaints about the discomfort. And like the more I hear him, I'm kind of like, okay, well, that's enough. You know, <laughs> you can deal with it. But I can't hear it day after day. And then he gets grouchy, right? And so the goal, I think, like he has to accept a little bit more that there's some discomfort. Um, and I have to like have the stamina to be like, yeah, be quiet about it. Um, but I absolutely love it. And, you know, he had had a little, like a very small amount of experience with chastity before me. Mm-hmm. But with those, with the ex-girlfriend that they like played with it, like it was more about, you're not going to be with me. And this is my assurance. You're not going to be with other people. And that has never, ever, ever been any sort of reason why we use that. Like I purely love knowing that I can control when his dick gets hard. <laughs> like I just love having control over that, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and like, even when he's not wearing it, I always like control when he comes or where he comes or, you know, how many times like he has to release before he comes, um, even when he's not wearing it, because we still struggle with a, a good fitting cage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely love being in control of it. And I think like we're different than a lot of other couples in that respect that we played around with that first. But I think it was good for us and that it gave me some exposure to what it was like to be in control. And like, how he reacted to that before we even played with other people, which I think made me more comfortable that he, okay, if he'll let me put a cage on him, then Mm -hmm. he's probably going to be okay with, you know, like it's not all talk. Right. Right. It showed you how serious he was about it. Now, when you guys have played with it, has it always been kind of behind closed doors or have you gone out, like going out somewhere with him wearing his cage under his clothes? Like, have you been in public yet or is it always in the house? Oh no, he wears, he's worn it out. Like, cause he's worn it for, you know, I think four or five, up to four or five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's worn it, like I've made him wear it to the gym. And that's one of our big hurdles is that like he can wear it to the gym without it being extremely obvious. <laughs> um, I mean, you have to understand when you have a dick, like, twice as big as some of these other cuts, like, especially in a locked cage, like, it's hard to hide it sometimes. And I, like, for this to work long term, we, we, you know, we just need a better cage. But he's worn it out and around people. And, like, I remember us, like, taking a couple pictures of him being in pictures with his boys when we were out drinking and, like, looking back at me, like, yeah, he had his cage on right then. He was like, whatever, but I had so much pleasure knowing he was all locked up underneath, you know, all his clothes and around people and like formal events and stuff. So 
So that's no, something I, that, he, that he really, that, that's something that really excites you when you see a picture of him around like vanilla people, but knowing that underneath his clothes, he's wearing his cage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so when he yeah. is wearing it in, in public or when he's just wearing it, where, like, where do you typically keep the key? Like, are you the kind of person that you wear it on your person or do you keep it in a drawer? Like, where do you usually keep his key when he, when he's locked? I either will put it on an anklet I'm wearing or, um, or just like on my key ring. Like if I, like I'm wearing something like in the wintertime where I'm wearing knee high boots or something and I can't wear an anklet, then I'll just put on my key ring. I don't want to lose it. I'm so paranoid I'll lose it and he'll just be stuck with it on for like. Wait, now, wait a minute. <laughs> I really you, you do have a backup key, right? I should hope that that thing. He does, but you know, we're back and forth between both our houses. And so like he has a, Spotted his house for a backup key, and okay, you know, well, and so I just <laughs> just 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 to let you know, I don't know if you were aware of this or not. You can have more keys made, <laughs> like you're not, I know. you're not, I know. you're not limited to the two or three that you get when you when you know when you get the unit. Like you, you can have more made, and just tell them that it's for like a foot locker or something. You know, I know, I know. Well, we will, we will. Again, like we All have right. been in this process of like finding the right cage for like a few months now mm -hmm. um and so we will and then i i mean i want i want to get to where i wear it on a necklace and or an anklet or you know whatever depending on what i'm wearing mm -hmm. um i have no like qualms about it being visible okay now since you started uh since you guys have started you know started down this path how many bulls have you been with Two. Okay, so you've been with two. Only two. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Only two. Okay, and I know, like I said, from conversations that we've had, and anyone who, who you know who follows you on Twitter, and of, of course, everyone, I'll be giving out her Twitter information um, at the end of this interview, so you'll be able to check it out yourself. But I know that uh, the bulls that you have been with have been black, and was that something that that he brought to the table, something that you brought to the table, or something that you had both wanted when all of this happened? Because I, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I know that even though I tell people that this is not an interracially specific type of lifestyle, at the same time, I understand that it is a big part of it. Like there are, you know, a, a number of cucks that. Like that, like that's the thing that drives them. That's what really turns them on and excites them. And so knowing that the two that you have been with have been black, was that something that he really wanted or you were curious about? Like kind of give me my listeners an idea of how that came about, that aspect of it. Well, um, like I said, I'd been on like a couple of dates and they were white guys. And like, I didn't go out looking for black guys, but... Right we did still have the hurdle of that. I eventually decided particularly after listening to all your podcasts, <laughs> like I wanted to be with someone bigger than him. And I wanted to be with someone who had been with, you know, you know, had been a bull before had been with women in front of their boyfriends or husbands, you know, multiple times I had experience with that. Um, because I'd heard so many stories about them basically just not performing and I did not want to be that my first experience. So it kind of turned out that the only people we 
eventually found that weren't, you know, that we got along with were black. So we didn't necessarily go out looking for it. But then once we experienced it, like I wouldn't say I wouldn't be with a white guy, but once I've experienced it, um, it would be, I would be hard pressed to go back to a white guy just because, again, it's harder to find them as big as I want at this point. And it's just sort of like, it's really hot to both of us. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't go out looking for it, but once we experienced it, we were like, yeah, that's really hot. Okay. Now, one of the things I kind of want to back up a little bit, because I didn't address this before, just to, to, because a lot of people listen to this who haven't taken that step yet. Like they're still trying to, to work up the courage to do it. So kind of take me back to the, the, the first time that you actually played with another guy while you were with your boyfriend. And I've, I've, I've talked to a number of women who have expressed to me that during that first time, there's a little bit of trepidation because it's, it's like, okay, I hope he really wants this. Because at that moment, you really don't know yet. Like he said he wanted it, and this is your first time doing it. So you don't really know how he's going to react to it until he actually reacts to it. So what I'm curious to hear is what was it like for you that first time when you realized that, okay, he really wants this. Like when you were able to see his reaction and and like, was it a relief? Like, would you be like kind of like holding your breath? Like, I hope he really wants this because I don't want to mess this up. And then you see it like what, what kind what was that like to have that confirm that? Okay. He's, he's really on board. Like this is not just all talk. Well, I think, um, I'm sort of like a, once I do something, I'm an all in kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I, just, you know, we talked and talked and I got on a couple of dates and I eventually realized like, there's no way we have a future unless we give this a chance. Like this is so much a part of like something that he desires, but like we either need to see if it works for us or we don't mm-hmm. because I knew he would never be satisfied like without trying. Right. And right. so we dated a couple and I'm kind of like an impatient person a little bit. And so we finally met, it was actually the first black guy and it was during quarantine and it was like, this is happening. And I like invited him upstairs and like, I was like, was just all in. And I decided I'm going to be all in. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to let go. And you know, the result is the result because we wouldn't, we would never be happy if we didn't really give it a go. Right. We, we need to know what that's like for us. And so I did, and you know, the guy left eventually and we reconnected. And of course my first, I mean, during it, it was pretty obvious. He was just fine with it. <laughs> but you know, my first question is you're good. You're good. Right. And he's like, yep. You know, and it was, I only needed to hear it verbally because I need to hear it verbally because everything nonverbal was obvious. Um, and you know, I think still, maybe because we're new enough, we'll be like, you're good, right? Like, and, or whatever. And he'll say, you're good. Like, I feel okay about an, 
experience. Like we're more checking in with each other and not like I really need the assurance that he's not upset with me or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still check in with each other, but um, I just think we talk about it enough that I know he's not going to be upset with me or be jealous or, you know, question it anymore. That's awesome. No, I, I, it's, it's, I always enjoy, you know, hearing from those couples that, you know, are taking an alternate route, you know, in, in, into all of this. And, um, it's going to be very interesting to me to kind of watch your journey and see how you guys kind of progress in this. And, you know, I, I definitely would love to have you back at some point in the future after you guys have gone a little deeper into it to kind of see where you are and how you've grown, you know, into, cause like you said, right now you're, you guys are still taking baby steps in it, you know, and, you know, I think that it's awesome. And I hope that there are people listening to this who, you know, maybe they're just dating, you know, maybe they're new to all of this and, and they hear you and it's like, oh, okay, well they're doing it, you know, so we, we can do it. I mean, I, I'd like to see, you know, people being inspired by other people that are, you know, that are taking this journey. And it's, 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 it's really cool to, you know, to see how far you guys have come in such a short period of time. And I know I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, interviewing your, your boyfriend who I've talked to on a number of occasions, but it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of getting him in the seat, <laughs> you know, and throwing all these questions at him, you know, and making him squirm a little bit. You know, but um, no, but this has been awesome. You know, what I'm saying, and, and I'm 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 glad that you agreed to come on my show and 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 talk about your journey and 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 everything and what it means to you and how it makes you feel. And like I said, hopefully, you know, you'll ins- inspire someone else. So before I let you get out of here, uh, one thing that I would like to ask you is, like I said, just like you were, you know, there was a there was a time where. You, you were listening and gathering information and figuring out if, if this lifestyle was for you. And I'm sure you heard me ask other women that question, which is, you know, there are women out there who are listening, who are trying to decide if this is for them. So what do you want to say to those women who are in the position that you were in when you were listening to my podcast? I mean, I guess it would just be to have an open mind and trust what your partner says and you know give it a shot he's into it and you're open to it you know I just don't think that there's a lot of loss and that there's a lot to be gained um, I think it can really bring a couple closer I think it can really bring a couple closer and it's hard until you experience it to see that well I actually think that, that that's actually a um a fantastic segue because as I did, as I said, I was going to uh, let people know what your, uh, what your Twitter handle is. <laughs> and so why don't you go ahead and tell my listeners what your Twitter ID is? Let's see. So we're open-minded couple. So that's at open-minded C-O-U-P-5. Okay. Open-minded hold on. Couple. I was at, I'll look. Okay, so you said that was, I just want to make sure that people are able 
to. Okay, so for those of you who want to uh, check them out on Twitter, it's Open Minded Cup. What was that? Coop? <laughs> Coop 5. Uh, O-P-E-N-M-I-N-D-E-D-C-O-U-P, the number five. Again, on Twitter, that is at Open Minded Cup, spelled C-O-U-P, the number five. And there you will see this gorgeous, sexy woman in all of her glory. Um, Kristen, again, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, I look forward to having you back. As, all, as I tell everyone, I would love to have you back for uh, one of my after party episodes where we can kind of get, you know, kind of behind closed doors and find out the things that you like and enjoy from the physical sets as far as what you get out of the lifestyle and everything. But um, until then, again, thank you for agreeing to come on my show. I look forward to having your boyfriend on here and kind of getting the, the, the other half of the journey. And then uh, maybe we can do another one where I kind of have you both on at the same time talking about it. But um, in closing, again, is there anything that you'd like to say before I let you get out of here? Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> well, thank you very much to, uh, to all my listeners. Uh, again, I want to thank you all for, for listening, especially to my Patreon supporters. Uh, like I always say, if, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. You know, if you are not a Patreon supporter, uh, maybe this will be the episode that will, you know, will convert you, will convince you to say, hey, I really like what this guy is doing. I really like how he's promoting the lifestyle and I want to see him able to continue, you know. So and again, it's not it's not terribly expensive. It doesn't take much, but it, it your support definitely goes a long way towards making it possible for me to continue uh, bringing you this kind of, of content. So again, for the Keys and Anklets podcast, I'm your host, Michael C., signing off, and I will see you when I see you. Take care. <laughs>